What is going on, everybody? Welcome to another episode of the Process Podcast. I'm Charlie Witkowski, and this week I am joined, as always, by my best friend and co-host, Nick Veronica. Nick and I this week break down everything from week four against the Houston Texans, dominated performance by the Buffalo Bills and the Buffalo Bills defense against a very bad Houston Texans team. We get a little bit of a preview into the Kansas City Chiefs-Buffalo Bills game next week on Sunday Night Football. And we also break down the MLB playoffs coming up on uh, Monday night. So give us a listen, subscribe, uh, follow wherever you listen to your podcast. Most importantly, follow the podcast uh, on Twitter at the underscore process pod. You can follow Nick on Twitter at Nick Veronica or myself at Chawit68. But, folks, remember to always trust the process. Nick, another week, another Buffalo Bills shutout. You know, it, it was really nice of the NFL to give the Bills like an extra preseason before the season here, right? So they had three, three and a half, you know, Pittsburgh is not really looking so hot. They just have a good defense. But, I mean, really three cakewalks in a row leading up to Kansas City and then Tennessee. That was really nice of the NFL schedulers, I think, you know? Yeah, you know, I really hate the fact that Buffalo's one loss came to Pittsburgh, who has one win. Um you know, I, I thought uh, that loss was just kind of a fluke, especially because of the block field goal that happened. And that, that was kind of kind the of the win yeah. there. But um, I'm sorry, the block punt. Yes, they had a block field goal today. Pittsburgh mm-hmm. did. Um, but, yeah, man, I mean, this defense is, is, is looking, you know, obviously very good. Uh, however, consider the opponents, right? You know, right. Miami – doesn't really have a dominant offense. Buffalo also knocked their starting quarterback out of the game early on. Uh, then you had a quarterback making his first road start last week um, with Washington. And this week you had a rookie quarterback, uh, third-round quarterback from Stanford in uh, Davis Mills coming in um, and really making you know his, what, second start, third start. Um, so really not not much competition at the QB position really since since Roethlisberger and I really don't consider Roethlisberger quote unquote competition either at, at, at quarterback I just thought no he's kind of washed know, yeah he wasn't the one that beat Buffalo we'll put it that way Buffalo beat themselves yeah but you know even even when you do sell these things it's like this is still the NFL you see 35-0 43-21 and 40-0 that's like like a, like a top high school, like, like when the private schools play the public schools like at the, at the start of the year, or like, you know, mm-hmm. Alabama plays NC A&T or some, something like that. Mm-hmm. Um, I, don't, I don't know about you. You got the, the big preps down there, but up here we got, you know, Canisius, St. Francis, you know, you know, first couple of games, these guys are like number one and number two. It's like those scores, we look, you know, you look in the paper, get the score. Well, you used to. And, you know, that's 40 to zero. That's 35 to zero. This is the NFL. Even if they don't have a good right. quarterback, this is still like a very, very unprecedented level of, of dominance that we've, uh, we're witnessing here. So honestly, it made for kind of like a relaxing afternoon, you know? Yeah. You know, it was funny. I had a friend in town this, uh, this weekend and we were watching the football games and he, unfortunately for him is a Dolphins fan. Uh, <laughs> um, so we had the Dolphins game on, you know, I have the Sunday tickets. So I had like four games going and really, I mean, I, I watched the Bills game, but I wasn't like, 
needed to be glued to the TV. I felt like this is the first time in a long time that I went into a Bills game feeling like, all right, they're going to win this game. Like, I, if I watch, I watch. If I don't, I don't. Hmm. So the the line was 17 and a half, which was the mm-hmm. second biggest line ever in a Bills game. So, and I, you know, I did look this up. The last two teams who were favored by 17 and a half both lost, which is kind of weird. Um, but I, yeah, so Vegas was, was as confident in the Bills this week as they've basically ever been ever. I think the biggest line ever was, was 20 and the other was 19. That was during the Super Bowl years. So, this this was Super Bowl esque team kicking the crap out of a really bad team that also lost its good quarterback. So I don't yeah, know. I, I, I mean, relaxing. This was good. It really was. I mean, this this could have went multiple ways, right? You know, this could have been a Bills team who was looking forward to Kansas City. That's kind of been you know the thorn in their side for the last few seasons, um, and Buffalo really could have. Um, you know, almost been in a trap situation. And the way the game started out, um, both quarterbacks came out early on with interceptions. Josh Allen on his first throw of the game was an interception. Um, from what I understand, it's on to you. It was raining a little bit more, a little heavier at that time. So the ball was kind of floating around, but at the same time, you know, Buffalo's, uh, offense wasn't really moving the ball, uh, fairly, uh, fairly well early on. Um, you know, later on in the first quarter and obviously into the second quarter, they were able to move the ball. But again, some dumb play calls down in the red zone, I felt like left some points on the board that Buffalo could have, um, you know, easily been up early 28, 29, you know, 28, 35 to nothing. Um, yeah, absolutely. You know, and really cruise in the second half. All right. So I think, I think this stat kind of puts the game in, in perspective. The Bills had the second largest victory in franchise history on a day that they were three for seven in the red zone. That's they unbelievable. Left a, they left a ton of points out on the field. And you know what? Maybe if it's a tighter game, maybe they get a little bit more aggressive going for the touchdown instead of taking the short field goal. But yeah, you know, on one hand, you're like, man, it's just so it's still 40 to zero. And on the other hand, you, you, you couldn't score in the red zone against this team. Like for real. Right. Right. I mean, as what I can't remember what drive it was. It was one drive they did a handoff. The um, you know handoff to Zach Moss. They did a, a a really bad screen to Dawson Knox. I don't believe they scored that drive. Um, truly, they were in the red zone so much they all kind of blended in together. Um, but I mean, at the end of the day, you have to find ways to get in the end zone. You're not going to beat a team like Kansas City by kicking four field goals a game. You have to find ways to get in the end zone there. And that was something that hurt Buffalo last year against Kansas City in the playoffs is Sean McDermott got too conservative and took the three points when, you know, he should have just went for it and either gotten that first down, you know, on a short uh, one, two yards or, you know, put the ball in the end zone and got six instead of three in, in many situations. Yeah, especially against a team like Kansas City, you need to put points on the board. And that's something that they're going to have to do next week. However, it's something that Kansas City's defense has shown that they're able to do. Uh, Their defense is, is bad, like really not good. It's not like I – don't, I don't know if they're going to come around. Like they might just be bad. They gave up 29, 36, 30, and 30. That's mm-hmm. just bad. Right. I mean, especially at this point of the year. 
right? You feel like once you really get going four games, five games into the year, it's a totally different feeling, totally different game plan. And at that point, um, you know, you should be out of that early season funk and into a, um, you know, more of really what is your team going to be. And I think at this point, it's safe to say Kansas City is going to be a team that is going to have to be led by Patrick Mahomes in that offense, which also hasn't been lights out amazing this year. Like, well, yeah, Mahomes did throw for five touchdowns. Like today, coming in, but, yeah. But I, I mean, up until today, right? Like, what have they done all year? You know, Terry Kill's not blowing people out of the water. I think he had one game where he only had thirty, you know, twenty or thirty yards. You know, not much. Yeah, to, I mean, I mean, I'm looking right now against the Eagles today. Eleven for one eighty six and three touchdowns. So, hope you're not playing against him in fantasy. No, I I was not. Luckily, 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 luckily. Um, however, yeah, I I, I mean, let's before we get too much into Kansas City, you know, I want to finish talking a little bit more about Houston and and what Buffalo did with Houston. Our job on this podcast right now, Nick, is we're talking about the Buffalo Bills and the Houston Texans. We would be doing ourselves a disservice if we did not talk about the slide or the uh, ax, the implode. Is implodement a word? You're a writer. You should know implosion? that. Implosion? I don't know what you're trying to say here. I don't know. Implosion is a better word. The implosion of the Houston Texans. Well, they were a team, team who. Right. But think about where they were two seasons ago. Two, yeah. They were the team that beat Buffalo in the wild card. And had a huge lead on Kansas City in the second round of the playoffs and blew that lead. That offseason, September, I think it was like September 5th, they gave a huge contract extension to their quote-unquote franchise quarterback in Deshaun Watson, who then wanted to, at the end of that season, which is last season, the end of the season, wanted to be traded out of Houston after signing the big contract. And now he's not even playing because of his lawsuits. Mm-hmm. Like what a complete 180 that team made. Yep, and now they got uh, David Cully, who was, you know, basically pushed out as the Bills' quarterbacks coach, right? When he he'd only been a wide receivers coach before, and then the Bills hired him to be the quarterbacks mm-hmm. coach. That did not go well, and then suddenly, wow, you have this team that is like almost tanking right now. Their team construction is horrible. Mm-hmm. Their quarterback situation, who knows what's going on. They got Tyrod Taylor to, like, hold down the fort, but he got injured. Like, this team sucks. Their coaching sucks. They clearly rolled over today. They had a couple of injuries. Like, they just, there's no – there's nothing threatening about them at all. I like – I always like in fantasy, you know, Charlie, every single year I am a sucker in fantasy drafts for Brandon Cooks. And when he's healthy, he's dangerous. And when he's not, which is a lot of time, he gives you nothing, and he is like the only single threat they have on their team. I I, I don't know what mm-hmm. Houston fan. They're probably just watching baseball right now, hoping that the Astros still do good because football is not not their thing at the moment. Maybe someone needs to bring trash cans to a Houston Texans game and <laughs> you know get someone's playbook or something. Oh, see, that's funny. That's good stuff. <laughs> but in, in all honesty, like that the the how bad that team got, it, it just blows my mind. Like they were team who you know i think many going into last season thought could make a decent playoff run after what they did the season before and they yeah. didn't even make the playoffs and then this offseason you know everything with 
Deshaun Watson. They lose, you know, one of their best players in franchise history in JJ Watt. They lose their running game. They lose their top receivers. You know, yep. it, it, it's a, a completely different team than where they were two years ago. And yeah, I mean, but you, it, you just said though, Deshaun Watson, DeAndre Hopkins, and JJ Watt all played in that game against the Bills, and they're all gone. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Like you, you, I don't, I don't know how any team recovers from that. And then, you know, you the Texans haven't even seemed to try to replace those guys. So I don't really know what's going on. I well, did. Brandon you know Cook seems to be that guy that they're trying to replace with. Deshaun yeah, Watson, I mean, he, he was been cool. there for a little bit, I think. Yeah, but you know what? I missed yeah. Tyrod today. On one hand, Tyrod would have got his ass kicked playing for this crappy team, and then it would have been sad because all these. You know the people who hate Tyrod would have been like, "Oh, see, he does think we were right all." On, on the other hand, it would have just been cool to see like the Tyrod revenge game. Even though he had no one, he would have like maybe hit Brandon Cooks for one long pass and then lost forty to seven and be like, "Well, see, I did that one cool thing," and it would have been yeah. fun. Tyrod Taylor, you got to give the guy credit. Quarterback who ended the drought, uh, you can't take that away from him. I don't know. So he wasn't he wasn't a franchise guy. That's fine. It is what it is. Would I would have liked nice to see. Uh, I, I was really looking forward to. Or something. I was looking forward to Bray's tweets throughout this game, <laughs> um, but obviously we didn't get any Tyrod Taylor. Uh, uh, we, we did get one. Did you see it? We did get a quick picture. Or a, uh, we got know, a quick, picture and quick Bray quotes on quote, the screen. Quote, oh, on the screen. Uh, I'm on a Twitter picture. Bray t- uh, quote tweeted and just said, "King." Yeah, that's funny. All right. All right. Yeah. Um, sure. Bray. Sure. He's, he is what he is. You know, he's, he's, he, he, like you said, he took the team to the playoffs. He ended the drought and that, that was great. But, you know, uh, there's a new king in town. His name is Joshua Patrick Allen. So these are facts. You know, that, that is facts. But, uh, so Nick, enough of this, right? Like, enough of this. Game talk because I I I I'll be honest with you I almost fell asleep through this game as, as exciting as this game was for Buffalo to be up as much as they were up and and, and to win the way that they did um it was it, it got boring like it it got boring watching them just put up points the way that they were yeah you know what it was a little bit of uh, when something is a total train wreck like you're kind of more interested like last year's Sabers when they had the huge losing streak. I mm-hmm. watched most games on that losing streak because you kind of wanted to watch for, like, how bad could this really go. And then once the Bills kind of started pulling guys and then Houston was, you know, moving the ball slightly more efficiently, that's when it got boring for me. It was like they were in negative passing yards. They had negative 26 passing yards at halftime, okay? Like, are you kidding? And then I was like, they got into positive. And I was like, well, that storyline's gone. I'm about done here. <laughs> And then, I mean, the power went out at the stadium, which was kind of weird. Um, yeah, I was trying to figure out why it went blue. The screen kept going blue. I thought it was like a uh, issue with Sunday Ticket. And then I saw someone's tweet about the power outage. I think it was actually yours. Um, however, I did enjoy the commentary from the guys in the studio a lot more than what I enjoyed Tiki Barber and uh, whatever the Beth, whatever her name was. All yes. right. Okay, so if you if you watch Monday Night Football on ESPN2 this year, you saw the Manning cast? Yes. Okay, so that's kind of kind of great. Where it's it's like you you know what what if you were just hanging out at a bar watching a game and just shooting the breeze with uh, I don't know Peyton and Eli Manning, and then so the game mm-hmm. is on. If you haven't seen it yet, the game is on, and then there's like two little boxes, and it's Peyton and Eli, 
and they have guests coming on throughout the game to, to talk. And you, you know, the game, the play happens. You, you know, they they might mention what just happened or what they're seeing on the game, or they might just be telling a story. Like they're kind of just hanging out. It's almost like that second screen experience, except we're getting rid of the first screen and it's just you hanging out with your buddies, except your buddies are Peyton Manning and Eli. So this sort of reminded me of that. And I don't like, you know, James Brown and uh, who else they got there? Bill Cowher. Nate, like Nate Burleson. Yeah, those guys are not as fun as the Mannings, but it was still a cool experience. And I was a little bit, as someone who's like, you know, cares enough about the details of this team to like have a podcast, they weren't really into the game at all. Didn't really seem to know who was who out there. But it was still neat. It was different. It was guys talking about the game, being being funny, shit, having analysis mm-hmm. instead of, you know, boom, 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 here's what's going on. And I would, not that anyone here listening to this cares or can do anything about it, I think on the Manning cast, I would like if they could at least have like the play-by-play going a little bit or if they should, they could do, they could probably do some really cool stuff with either stats or player tracking. And because they, they have the chips in the shoulder pads, like they can, they, they can pull up who's who and bring the graphics up. Anytime there's a handoff, we don't need to hear the announcer maybe. Put, put his little name tag on the screen. This is, I don't know which guy it is on some team I don't normally watch, if they have a couple of running backs or which tight end it is. I think that there, there's more possibilities for on-screen stuff that I would like to see them try to develop. Yeah, so I don't know if you saw it, though, Nick. The Manning cast is now over to, like, week, like, seven or eight. So, uh, unfortunately, oh, they have to, what, we do not get Eli them. Through uh, FCC compliance training after giving the double birds last week? <laughs> that may that may be. No, I, I saw it at halftime last week, so before the bird happened, uh, the double bird happened. But, um, yeah, so, so they're off. Unfortunately, we Bills fans do not get them on Monday Night Football against Tennessee in a couple weeks. So, Gonna have to deal with the announcers, unfortunately, or turn your TV down and your radio up and listen to John Murphy no, and, no, and we're Eric good. Wood. We're good. Yeah, yeah. Or just turn your TV down and don't turn your radio on. That that's usually what I end up doing. So well, you have a uh, young child sleeping in the background. Yeah, I'm also not allowed to uh, to yell when he's in the room. My wife says <laughs> she says he do- she doesn't want him picking up on my. Uh, my football habits are were her words. <laughs> no, I said, this, this I, said no, I said, I said, because I, I know that your wife was in a sorority at, at UAP and is a huge Florida fan. So I'm, yes, I imagine she yes. gets into the games when she watches too. So that's funny that it's your habits. Yes. Yes. I am. Uh, I, 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 you know, I get loud. I mean, don't get me wrong. I mean, you saw my tweets last year with my, my heart rate, you know, but that was playoffs, man. Like it's much different yeah. than the regular season. And I told her, I'm like, this is the game, you know, the next two weeks are going to be, you know, stressful weeks. But yeah, yeah, long story short, I mean, I picked up my habits from watching games with my dad. So I guess she kind of has a point, but, uh, you know, we'll see. We'll see. I uh, Real quick on the Florida thing, can I just say Dan Mullen is probably the worst college football coach that I've ever (laughs) seen in my entire life. After last night, it was absolutely a joke. And uh, I won't be mad if he is no longer the coach of Florida after that debacle last night. Okay. I don't I don't follow a ton of college football, but I do use Twitter a lot, and I I always see just people just ripping on on this guy. Well, I'll tell you what: for as bad as Buffalo's red zone was today, I would have thought that Dan Mullen was the one calling the plays down there. 
for how bad Bill's red zone was because Florida's red zone last night with nine chances at the end of the game to get in the end zone to uh, to tie the game, and they're running quarterback sneaks from the 15-yard line instead of taking chance, chances with 20 seconds left at the end zone. Hmm. So very, very right. much like this Bill's offense today, although uh, Mitchell – Trubisky did a good job getting in the end zone in the red zone today. True. Um, and and showing the world why he is the second best quarterback in the AFC East. This is also true. Charlie, let me ask so, you here. Josh okay. Allen today, 20 for 29, 248, two touchdowns, efficient. I still, maybe, maybe I'm wrong here. I, I don't feel like. MVP Josh is has arrived yet. Are you getting worried at all? Are you today? Can we blame it on the weather? Is it? I mean, is it worrisome? You think it's coming still? Just, just I want to just check your pulse on that. No, because here's my thoughts on that. Right, MVP Josh. Yes, uh, last year was one thing. He was throwing the ball so many times a game. This week, the running game was efficient without Josh Allen running the ball. The last sure. couple of weeks, you know, the, the two shutout games, Miami game, and this game this week were two games where Buffalo didn't need Josh Allen to come out and be MVP Josh Allen. They just needed Josh Allen to be a efficient quarterback and do enough to win them, you know, win them the football game. This was a team that went three of seven in the red zone and still won 40 to nothing. Hmm. You know, a, a team whose quarterback didn't throw uh, for 400 yards and five touchdowns, you know, he threw two touchdowns. And they still won 40 to nothing. Like, I am fine with that. Defense did a good job of putting them in good field position uh, throughout the game. Special teams, Isaiah McKenzie did a good job giving them good field position throughout the game as well. Um, you know, I, I'm, I'm not mad or upset at the way that Josh Allen is playing right now. Ask me next week after Buffalo plays Kansas City. And I can give you a better answer on that because I'll be curious to see what he does against a team like, like – uh, like Kansas city and like Tennessee, you know, with those two defenses. Mm-hmm. All right. I also want to ask you what you thought about the offensive line today. So the starters, we had Dawkins, the left tackle, Ike Bodker, left guard, Morrison center, Williams, a right guard and rookie Spencer Brown started at right tackle today. Um, and that sort of seems like a troubling sign for for our player who is uh, whose name I'm conveniently forgetting. Who am I who am I thinking of here? Who was taken out of the starting lineup? Cody Ford. Yes, I'm so sorry. How did I forget that? Uh, Cody Ford kind of got benched today. So I'm asking you, offensive line play. Did you think it was up to snuff today? Is Cody Ford, you know, on the on the downslope here? Is he in the doghouse? I was just curious uh, on your thoughts on the protection. But I I, I listened to the post game press conference for whatever reason today. And one thing Sean McDermott said was um, that they still have the, mo- the utmost confidence in Cody Ford. Now we all know how Sean McDermott is with the media. So he could just be saying things to, you know, not draw more attention to, to the issue. Um, I liked, I really liked um, Spencer Brown at right tackle. Um, I thought he was, you know, I thought he did a good job over there. Um, and on top of it, I don't know if you saw some of the videos floating around on Twitter after the game, but he was quite entertaining. I did not. He was, he was quite entertaining. After the one false start call or offside call on Houston, he's throwing up the first down sign and dancing and doing a good thing. And 
he got into it with, I believe it was Desmond King. And he's, you know, Desmond King's trying to talk, talk shit. And uh, <laughs> he starts going to Desmond King and kind of like lowering his hand, like, like puts his hand on his head. Like, look how tall I am. Points Desmond King goes, you know, low, like you're short, you're short. You know, keep talking short, short. I, I, I just thought it was funny. It was quite entertaining. Not something that you see often from the, um, from the Bills uh, offensive line. Um, but no, I, I thought he was very good. Um, you know, I thought Ike Bakker did, a, Ike Bakker did a great job filling in for Feliciano as well. You know, that's something else that we're, we're, we're not mentioning. Um, you know, I thought the O-line in general looked, looked good. And I thought Daryl Williams looked a little bit more comfortable uh, moving inside to right guard as opposed to outside on tackle. And that this is a good, let's not forget, even though they don't have JJ Watt, this is still a very good front four for, for Houston. They did a good job at times of getting to Josh Allen. Uh, they did a good job at times creating pressure and, and forcing Josh Allen to scroll to roll to the outside. Um, they're still a very good uh, uh, defensive line, but I felt like the bills offensive line looked their most comfortable this week. Okay. We also got to ask you about Dawson Knox. If you go back to last year's playoffs, Dawson Knox has six touchdowns in his last seven games. Is he a red zone weapon for the Bills? It's funny, man. Here's a guy that everyone was talking about, you know, being second string behind a Jacob Hollister, right? Or second string behind another guy whose name was being thrown around, Zach Ertz. And Buffalo never traded for Zach Ertz. Jacob Hollister doesn't even end up making the team. And now Dawson Knox is out here catching touchdowns, which just seems like he is a touchdown machine. Um, you know, and drawing unsportsmanlike like penalties uh, on Houston Texan uh, defensive end, defensive uh, defensive backs. Did you see that the Bills the Bills tweeted? Does Dot or Dustin Knox must watch a lot of soccer or something? Is he? Yes, and he, he actually just COVID. retweeted. Yeah, as you as you said that, I do indeed. <laughs> so yes, so he he, he drew does the foul today. But yes, he did he did draw the foul. Um, but no, I I I I think Dawson Knox is I wouldn't necessarily call him a red zone threat, but he's made some great plays. And let's face it, when's the last time Buffalo had a pass catching tight end like this? Scott Chandler. I was that, that's the name I was thinking, uh, or a Jay Reimersma. Uh, if you want to <laughs> go back a little further, time ago. yes, yes. No, so I, I mean, Scott yeah. Chandler was was also very good. Um, but I, I definitely think that, um, which actually I'm a little sad here. We're totally skipping over Charles Clay, who was very talented and just could never ever stay healthy. Yes, he can. Well, he was Charles Clay was a very good tight end in Miami. Once he came to Buffalo, he was not the same tight end. No, he had degenerative knee problems, I think I recall. And there was when when he was healthy, this guy was unbelievable. That was, was just few and far between. Yeah, I, th- I think um, you know it's a, it, uh, he's not even in the league anymore, right? I think he retired. I think that's correct. Okay. Okay. Yeah, I, I mean, he was what he was, man, and you know. Uh, I remember Charles Clay more for the drop in Miami that would have won Josh mm-hmm. Allen and gave would have won Josh Allen the game in Miami and also gave yeah. Josh Allen his only loss against Miami. That's true. This is true. So would have been a nice catch, tough, tough play, mm-hmm. but it should make mm-hmm. it. All right, Charlie. It, next week, Bills 
at Chiefs going to Arrowhead for Sunday Night Football. Chiefs are favored by three points. Are you taking the Bills? You know, in all honesty, I I, I have to. I I think you're 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 dumb if you don't. Um, this is a Bills team that has outscored opponents in the last three games, one eighteen to twenty one. I mean, again, consider the opponents. We said that. Consider the quarterbacks they played. We've we we've mentioned that, but good teams find ways to beat teams like that and continue to beat teams. Much like you said, Nick, you don't see these kind of victories in the NFL. You don't see teams winning 35 to nothing, 40 to nothing. This was um, the Bills' largest margin of victory. You know, second largest margin of victory. I'm sorry, 42 points was their largest margin. And hell, they had a chance to put up 43 if they wanted to kick a field goal at the end of the game just to do it. Mm-hmm. But, you know, they took three knees and, 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 and ended the game. Um, but in all honesty, how do you not take this team right now? The way this Bills defense is playing, you know, they can get Poyer back next week. Hopefully Milano is back. I think that's going to be a big, big uh, hit if he is not back next week. Ed Oliver has looked very good. The defensive line has looked very good. Um, the Bills offensive line this week looked like they clicked a little bit more. Josh Allen looks like he's settling in to that position again maybe not mvp caliber but he's still showing that he's one of the top quarterbacks in the league the running game looked looked good today you know um uh devin singletary had a huge run that was unfortunately called back by a hold but he had a 42 yard run beautiful run and almost scored a touchdown on it um dawson knox who we mentioned before has also emerged into another pass catching weapon for josh allen stefan diggs is, is getting open Emmanuel Sanders is getting open. And if one of those guys isn't open, Cole Beasley's finding a way to get open. Mm-hmm. I mean, just everything right now is clicking for Buffalo. If Buffalo gets blown out next week, I'd be shocked. Would I, Will I be surprised if Buffalo loses by a touchdown? No, because it is Kansas City. And I think at times Sean McDermott tries to go in and he gets inside his own head and sometimes gets outcoached by coaches like Andy Reid. Because Josh Allen, or I'm sorry, because Sean McDermott tries to think too much instead of just letting his team do what they need to do. You know, much like last year in the AFC Championship game when they settled for field goals and needed to just get touchdowns, needed to just get first downs, keep your offense on the field as much as possible. You know, that's, that's going to be a big key to me for next week is finding ways to capitalize in the red zone, finding ways to uh, keep Patrick Mahomes off the field as much as possible. He turned the ball over a few times this year which is very uncanny. They lost up until this week. They lost two games in a row, which is very uncanny for that team. You know, they looked a little better today against Philly, but Philly still put up 30 something points, you know, and, and I don't think Philly is the best team in the, in, in, in their division. I don't even think Philly's a playoff team in all honesty, but some people do. I don't think Philly's a playoff team and they struggled against Philly. We saw how they struggled against, uh, Cleveland. We saw how they obviously struggled against Baltimore, and they struggled against the Chiefs. I'm sorry, they um, they struggled against the Chargers. Mm-hmm. So it, it's going to be a game, and and in every game this year, uh, outside of the Browns game, they had 29 points. So you might as well just say 30. And every game this year, every team has put up 30 points. Yep, against I'm, the Kansas uh, City Chiefs yeah. defense. We do need to see who the Bills get back from injury next week. Jordan Poyer missed today's game. 
Taron Johnson missed today's game. Matt Milano left today's game with a hamstring injury. If the Bills are down Poyer and Milano, Travis Kelsey might set a career high for yards. Yeah, oh yeah. If they're both if they're down both of them, then yes, I think so. Um Daquan Johnson did a great job though filling in for Jordan Poyer, I thought. I thought Cam Lewis did a good job filling in for Teron Johnson. Um, you know, when he was in there. Um but no, they definitely need Teron Johnson back next week. I think Teron Johnson is more important next week than a Jordan Poyer is because even Demar Hamlin, the few few plays he had that he he was in the game, I thought Hamlin looked looked very good and very comfortable back there as well for a rookie. Um, so they definitely need to go get themselves some uh, uh, you know some extra medical attention this week to make sure that they're ready to go on Sunday. Uh, look, it, let's not forget, guys, folks, everyone. If Buffalo loses to Kansas City, it's not the end of the world. It doesn't mean that they can't play and beat Kansas City in the playoffs. You know, we know Buffalo's not gonna gonna win every single game. I think we both had this game on the schedule, Nick, as a loss early on in the year. You know, before before the season started. Um, I think Tennessee's game the week after is a a, a, a bigger game than Kansas City because outside of this past week Tennessee hasn't looked bad and we know how much this defense struggled last year against Derrick Henry Tennessee just you know? lost to the um, Jets so I'm I'm putting that one they in. did I'm that that that's hey that's a good point but in their in their defense there was no AJ Brown there was no Julio Jones True. and they had Matt Ryan Tannehill as a quarterback so what are you going to do there with no with no receivers um but if Buff Clyde Edwards-Alaire isn't lighting things up. Buffalo's run defense looks a lot better this year than what they did last year. Um, I think if the defense can can kind of do what they did this week and not just give up those big plays like they ended up doing against Miami, like they did against Pittsburgh, like they did against Washington, you know, limit the amount of big plays, if any, mm-hmm. against a team like Kansas City, there's no doubt in my mind Buffalo comes out and wins this game. Right, no, Trent, same, I gotta, same question back to you. I, I mean, I want to yep. hear what you think. Do you think Buffalo has a chance to win that game next week at Kansas City on Sunday Night Football? Uh, definitely. I um, I am surprised that they are three-point underdogs, if I'm being, being honest with you here. I know that wow, the Chiefs okay. are still top dog. I know that, you know, that they they made the Bills look pretty bad in the playoffs last year. You got to beat them before you can, you know, they're, they're still on top. The way that they have looked right now, so, so usually you say – you know, you're going on the road, so it'd be a push on a neutral site. I'm even I'm surprised that Vegas would, would view this as a push on neutral site, given how well the Bills have played it. Like, and I I am assuming they're giving significant weight to how bad the Bills opponents have been, because Kansas City's defense does look really really bad. The Bills have two games out of four this year were shutouts. Like that's unbelievable. So. I am a little surprised by that. I am expecting the Bills to to win this game based on based based on how bad Kansas City's defense has been, and they still have they still have the offense to figure it out some games. But I don't think that Kansas City has played well. Well, I, I mean, they, I was gonna say they have played a, a team that's put together, you know, really like this. They did play Baltimore, who's who's a fairly good team, and Baltimore beat them 36-35 in a great game. So I'm looking forward to it. It's going to be fun. Um, at this point, like, yeah, I, I feel like the, the Bills should should be expected to, uh, I don't know if you can start slaying the Giants at this point, but 
<laughs> but yeah, I mean, Kansas City, and by the way, the, if the Bills could put Kansas City to two and three, that would have to feel good too. You get that big cushion for the, you're, the Bills are going for the, the bye in the playoffs. So mm-hmm. if, they, if they could deliver, you know, put them, put some more distance between them, that would be great. So I don't know, is, is Denver, Vegas, Cincinnati, are they, are they all going to stay, you know, right now they all have three wins? I don't know. I think Buffalo will be pretty, pretty in a good position at the end of the year for the bye. I think winning this game gets you that separation. Well, and not for nothing, right? You you got Kansas City this week, this coming week. You have Tennessee the week after, and then you kind of have a cakewalk till Thanksgiving. You have Miami. Okay, okay. yeah. Thank you for bringing this up because I was sort of joking earlier about like the NFL gave the Bills another preseason here. But it's kind of nice how the schedule actually works out for them. Like, this is extremely favorable. So they just played mm-hmm. Pittsburgh, Miami, Washington, Houston. Not really that hard outside of Pittsburgh. Then they gear up two big games. Chiefs on the road, Titans on the road. Then they get a bye. And then they mm-hmm. kind of get, like, another preseason here. Miami, Jacksonville, Jets. Are you kidding? And Indy. But- Don't forget about Indy. Yeah, well, Indy's, like, starting to at least, like, they had higher aspirations, at least. Then you got Indy, Saints, Patriots, Bucks, Panthers, Patriots. That's a good little stretch there. That should be entertaining. And then before the playoffs, Falcons, Jets. So, the you know, they have they have some, some real some lulls in the schedule, some real some downtime, if you will, all right? Josh yeah, Allen they, should, they they should be able to get healthy. They should be full speed in the playoffs because they shouldn't be able to give guys rest. Right. Right. No, I, I agree a hundred percent on that. I think, um, you know, the bye week falls at a perfect time after you, after two tough games, you know, allow your guys to rest up. Right. And then on top of that, you have a Miami team that's been a little bit lackluster who lost a bad game today against a, in my opinion, not a very good uh, Indianapolis Colts team this year. Um, you have Jacksonville that's still trying to figure things out. I think Trevor Lawrence has shown steps of being a uh, NFL quarterback. However, um, there's really not much exciting about them. The Jets are the Jets. Uh, you, you can pr- almost guarantee a couple of interceptions from Zach Wilson at this point every game. Um, you know, then you have the Colts and, and the Saints. I mean, the Saints looked okay. They lost today as well. Mm-hmm. Um, the Saints have weapons at least. Like they. They do, make, but the Saints lost today in overtime to the Giants, who, in my opinion, are worse than the Jets. <laughs> you know, hey, Charlie, or worse so than Miami, even. The, you the, know, the Bills, the Jets, and the Giants won today. All three of them. Do you know when the last time was that all uh, every New York NFL team won on the same day? When? Uh, it was last week because there's only one of them. Ah, hey. <laughs> And your Yankees won today. Congratulations on making the <laughs> Thank card. you. Before before we go, I was actually going to ask you about baseball. Is there anything else you want to talk about, Bills, before we switch there? Uh, yeah, man. I mean, can you give me a score prediction for next week for Kansas City? Who I am thinking – I think I saw the total was 56. I think it is going to be more high scoring, even though the Bills' defenses look great. <laughs> Excuse me. I don't know if uh, Kansas City is going to be able to – I don't know what their defense is going to look like against a quarterback like Josh and against this offense. So let's okay. go. What was this? I'm sorry. I'm sorry. I want to make it high scoring and close, but I don't want to duplicate. The Ravens game was 36, 35. 
Yeah. Uh, yeah, pretty close. All right, let's go. Hmm. Uh, I'm going to go Bills 34-31. Ooh. Ooh, I like that. Um, no, I, I, I'll I go with Buffalo 42-40. I think it's going to be a high Ooh, score. Ooh, even a higher score. You are pounding the over. Listen, man, Patrick Mahomes is still Patrick Mahomes, so he's not Patrick Mahomes no more, right? You, the Bills defense that um, just had a shutout is giving up 40 points next week. At Arrowhead. It's it's and I, I'm only saying this, and I want to be clear for why I'm saying that they're going to give that they could give up that many points. And I hope I'm wrong. I really, really hope I'm wrong, and I hope Buffalo's uh, defense can hold them to way less than 40 points. Um, but again, I like I said before, Sean McDermott and Leslie Frazier have shown like in those big game situations, you know, against the Kansas Cities, against you know a good Tennessee team last year. Um, they don't look as good for whatever reason. I don't want to say they don't look as prepared, but they look like, in in, in your terms, right? They look like mm-hmm. a bunch of sugar high football players at that point. You <laughs> okay. know, like 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 they all know that Kansas City is the team to beat. They heard about it all off season. You know, what do we have to do to be better to beat Kansas City? Kansas City is a team we need to knock off in the AFC. And I feel like you know, Sean McDermott knows this. Leslie Frazier knows this. The whole team knows it, and sometimes they get inside of their head. I think you look at the Pittsburgh game as a perfect example of how, you know, it seemed like things kind of got to their head. I, 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 and I could be wrong. I could be speaking as, you know, a Bills fan that hasn't seen a team, you know, this good in my lifetime. But it always seems like when they, when the national media really, really, really starts talking about how, um, Oh, how great this Bills team is, or this Bills team is this, or they get really favored in in, in being a Super Bowl team. Even, um, you know, it, it 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 seemed to always go to their head. Now, I don't think, I don't think Josh Allen is that type of quarterback, right? I don't think, um, you know, even Stephon Diggs. I don't think Stephon Diggs is that type of player either. Um, but you got to see what they. You know how how do they come out? How does the offense come out? Does Sean McDermott continue to try to be conservative or not? And that's going to be a big thing too. You can't be conservative against this Kansas City team. Go and get your six points. If you're on the two yard line, don't kick the field goal. Get six. I don't care if you get stopped. I I would feel better watching Sean McDermott go for it on fourth and two from the two than watching them take three points. Just take three points. Hmm. Interesting. Unless, right. unless you need three points to win the game, you know, unless you need two sure. points to win the game, there's a second left. Kick sure. the damn field goal, walk it off. But hey, um, by the way, as you're talking about coaching decisions, one minor thing happened today that I did want to mention. Do you remember end of the second quarter, like right before halftime, the Bills were, were trying to drive? Yes. All right. Okay. Can you can you explain to me what they they were doing? They have it was third and goal, and they took time out with thirty seconds left. I don't know what 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 the point of that was. Like it didn't end up mattering at all in this game, but I, it's worth mentioning when it happens. You know, in a meaningless situation, and hoping to like make this a thing before it happens in a really important situation. So that was that was a horrible clock management, which is kind of an occasional theme of Sean McDermott is bad clock management. There's no reason to take time out with 30 seconds left. You have maximum two plays left before halftime, and what happened? The Bills didn't score. They kicked the field goal. Houston got the ball with like 26 seconds left. 
Which doesn't sound like a lot when you're playing a joke of a team. Man, no, but you know what? Them. What? I, I, I think it was more of a, hey, we haven't been successful in the red zone. Let's get the right call put together, which obviously they Well, they sure, but then let the clock the take down to 10 and then take your timeout. Don't leave the other I got, I got what you mean. Yeah, I, I don't know. You, you, we've seen, what, Aaron Rodgers, Patrick Mahomes, like both in the last, I mean, how many weeks? Moving the team down the field in like minimal, minimal time, getting in position. It probably it doesn't sound like anything when you're playing a loser team like Houston that can't even do anything and it's going to hand off and go to halftime. Push like a real team will push the ball downfield and make you pay for that. So I know it didn't end up mattering today, not a big deal, but I did just want to mention it. How much of that do you think was weather related? Um, that is possible, but also like you're Houston and you suck and you need to take every single advantage to try to do something. Like, like you just wasted a possession of the football. I don't know. That's that's just so lame to me when teams do that. The thing that annoyed me more, right, was Houston took a timeout before the Buffalo fourth down, right? Right. Houston takes timeout. Buffalo comes back out, tries to get them to jump off sides, and Buffalo takes timeout only to then bring Tyler Bass up to kick the field goal. Like that was frustrating. Like the you know, hard just count go for it. Work. No. They try to do this hard count every week like it's going to work. I, I When's the last time it worked? EJ Manuel years. Uh, Josh did get one, and I was actually pissed. I was like, now Sean McDermott's going to think it works. <laughs> it definitely doesn't work. If, 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 if Sean McDermott listens to the Process podcast, stop it. It doesn't work. <laughs> it's, I mean, like, every, like, I don't know if like he thinks the other teams don't see it on film, but every single Bills fan is like, oh, we're doing this again. Dude, I literally looked at my buddy today who was at the house watching the game with us, and, and I, I, he goes, oh, they're going for it? I said, no. He goes, what do you mean no? I said, they're just doing the hard count, trying to get him to jump. I said, watch. And I, it happened twice. Once they let, they they were, I think, inside the 50, and they let it kick down to take the delay game so they can move back five yards to the punt. The other time was when they called the timeout there on fourth and two from the, from the two to kick the field goal. And I said, no, they're just trying to – Get them to jump off sides. That that's all they're doing. And and even then, right? You get them to jump off sides from the two. What? You move the ball to the one? Did your play call change that much from the two to the one? Right. Yeah. You ready? What? You're gonna go for it from the one, but not from the two? Or you think, come on. Right. It's not like you get a, a, a new set of downs. You know? Yeah. But uh oh, so sorry, I'm watching the um he's calling that a touchback. Okay. I'm watching the I, I have the the the, the Patriots game on right now and the punt returner muffed the punt on like the five and it bounced back. It was going out of bounds and it like just took a bounce and hit the pylon and then went out of bounds and they called it a touchback. I thought the ball wow. would have been down at the one there, but hmm. like apparently that's the rule. Okay. Well, um, while, while after you mentioned, so Nick, before we go, you I said, did, yeah, I did look this up real quick. You, your prediction for Bill's chiefs was like fairly outrageous. Uh, the NFL record most points in a game is 106 by Cleveland and Cincinnati in 2004. If you remember two years ago when the Rams and the Chiefs were both rolling, they played that incredible 54-51 game. That was so much fun. That was one point mm-hmm. shy of the record, and there was one game of like pre-merger where there was even more points scored, but that doesn't really count. So 105. Yeah, I don't think there's going to be that many points scored. You said a lot of points, Charlie. I don't know. But there's not going to be 50 points scored. I mean, 42 to 
Yeah, Buffalo's yeah. offense is rolling right now. Yeah. They have 118 points in the last three games. Yes, Buffalo's offense is going to put up points, but so is the offense of Kansas City for whatever reason. They're continuing to put up points. So I think both offenses are going to put up a lot of points this week. All right. Do you, uh, that's all combine, I got to say about that. Uh, co- combined yards NFL record is 11.25. Probably have a better Ooh. chance of breaking that one than the points one. Yeah, I, I mean, I don't think Josh Allen comes out those for like, you know, 300 and then they rush for like another 200, like, or Josh Allen throws yeah. for 400 or whatever. Um, they did confuse him pretty bad in the playoffs last year, so we'll see if he uh, how he responds. We'll see how much tape they watch this week. What tape do you watch? Do you watch from what they've done this year? Or do you watch from what they did to you last year? Oh, I'm sure they spent significant portions of the offseason breaking down specifically Kansas City. This is going to be a big telltale sign of where Josh Allen is in his development. This is his third time against Kansas City, you know, in recent years. Um, last year on Thursday Night Football, he did not look good. Was it Thursday night or Sunday night? I think it was Sunday Night Football then, too, against Kansas City. He did not look good. Um, obviously, the playoff game, he didn't look amazing. Um, against against Kansas City, um, and then obviously you got got next week. It we'll we'll see what uh, what Josh Allen uh, shows up. So um, I'll be curious to see if do we get Josh Allen from the last three weeks or do we get Josh Allen from week one against Pittsburgh. Hmm. But uh, Nick, before we let the people go, uh, let's talk some baseball. All right, let's do it quick. Uh, were you? I was rooting for chaos, Tay. Were you rooting for chaos? Yes. I, I, I saw the Blue Jays were up. I got excited. I saw the Yankees were tied. I got excited. I saw the Red Sox were losing. I got excited. Uh, and unfortunately, the, the, the Mariners were kind of out early. Um, but I, I was hoping that we'd have a pretty chaotic wild card uh, Monday. Although I will say I am excited for a wild card game between the Yankees and the Red Sox. They're always fun to watch in the playoffs against Yankees. FM is, is great. All right, give me your thoughts here. I was talking to my brother. If you were the Yankees, would you rather play Boston or Toronto in a one game series? Right now, Boston. I think Toronto's the better team. That's what he was saying too. He's saying they have so many dangerous hitters for you know mm-hmm. over the course of whatever. Then you know their pitching probably won't hold up. But for one game. Yeah, he was, I think he was saying he'd one game. I think if if it was a a, a seven game series, then no, I, I would say definitely, um, you know, I, I I would rather play you know Toronto through a seven game series. But um, I think Boston for a one game series, yeah, you're going to beat them. They don't have the bats like Toronto does. Mm-hmm. I would I'd want to stay far away from Toronto if I was 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 in a one game series for the wild card spot. All right, and then the NL, I think it's pretty just, – just a brutal matchup, just the way that the, the, the standings kind of shake out. You have San Francisco, and if we presume the Dodgers will win, both over 100 wins, and they're going to have to play each other right away in the first round. That's brutal. That is brutal. That is brutal. Um, not as brutal as the New York Mets just completely falling apart this year. They had a 10-game lead at one point in the NL East and just completely lost it, let alone celebrated 
quote unquote, they, they practice celebrating a World Series and train in uh spring training and failed to even make the playoffs this year. They finished eight games under five hundred, like yeah. I mean, and they were 10, 10 games, 10 games up. I mean, as a Braves fan, even the Braves were a number of games out. I didn't even think the Braves were going to sneak in and they ended up finishing really good. Uh, Max Freed looks good. They look healthy outside of losing Acuna. Um, you know, Freddie's been looking good. Bringing Adam Duvall back was a huge, uh, huge move by uh, Atlanta. I think Adam Duvall has, I feel like every game I watch Adam Duvall is in a home run. You know, and and uh, Jorge Soler as well. Just another power hitter who, if he gets a piece of that ball, man, he he just he puts everything into, into his swing. He's either going to hit it or miss it. And if he gets a piece of that ball, that that thing's gone. I just don't know if um um I just don't know if Atlanta has what it takes to beat the Dodgers still, or or beat San Francisco in a seven game series if it comes down to that. All right, so give um, me your. Do you uh, have a? Tell me how, how you see the National League shaping up first. Since we're talking about your Braves here, they're playing the the Milwaukee Brewers to start. Uh, just give me your National League breakdown. The Brewers are a tough matchup for um, Atlanta for for the first uh, first round. Um, but I think I think they get out of that. I think they get to the NLCS um, against San Francisco. Um, I, I think, I think San Francisco can beat, uh, whether they play St. Louis or LA, I think San Francisco gets in, um, you know, and moves to the NCS. I don't know if, if Atlanta has what it takes to beat San Francisco. I, I think, um, you know, they're two completely different teams. It depends on it, Atlanta could be very good. At times, they can be very bad at times. Their bullpen has, has lost them a number of games this year. They have been up three, four, five runs throughout the year, and the bullpen comes up and just completely ruins the game, and, and, and they're losing games because of their bullpen. Um, so it all depends on how good the Braves' bullpen plays throughout the year, but I'm going to be a homer and say I think the Braves are going to go to the uh, go to the World Series this year. Wow. Wow. Okay. Uh, that's that's quite optimistic. I just I, I just think they're ready, man. They they've been they've been a lot of fun to watch all year. What's that? I mean, they are like the worst division winner in in baseball, right? I think so. I think so. But hey, you just gotta get in the playoffs, man. It doesn't matter how what happens when you're there. They did beat. I, I think they won the series against San Francisco. It was after Fourth of July, but I think they had a three game series against San Francisco. They went two two out of the three. Um, and they won one out of, they won one series home against LA and they lost the series in LA this year. Um, I think that series they won at home was with Acuna still in the lineup. Um, but listen, man, when you got bats like Freddie Freeman, when you got guys like Ozzy Albies, um, you know, these are all guys who have that playoff experience. They've won the national, uh, league East pennant four years in a row now. Um, you know, these are guys that, that know what it's like to be in the playoffs. Their starting pitching is very, very strong. I'd put their starting pitching up against any starting pitching in the league right now. Um, and their bullpen, when their bullpen's good, their bullpen's very good. When their bullpen's bad, their bullpen is very, very bad. If they can get that, that good bullpen for 
you know, eight games this year, they don't lose easy. They, 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 they get into that uh, world series game. No problem. Okay. Uh, AL, the team I'm looking at is Houston over here. I think they have a ton of talent. I think they are fairly still internally upset about how, at least how they feel they were treated after the cheating scandal. And I feel like they are itching to show people like we can win without cheating. Um, so listen, you, you were talking much about the playoff experience. I think that's going to come up huge first round against the White Sox. Houston has the experience here. White Sox have talent, but not a ton of experience in taking Houston. Um, I'm leaning Yankees over Boston in the wild card game. I don't know if either of them are beating Tampa in a five game series. Tampa is just so like sneaky good. They keep they keep rolling out relief pitchers you've never heard of who all have like insane stuff. They're just they're a frustrating team. But I I mean Tampa and Houston you are kind of constructed in the same same vein. You know whatever iteration of Moneyball uh, we're in right now like like they're they're similar. And Houston has you know the bigger stars, but Tampa is just good. Tampa just wins baseball. So uh, Tampa against Houston, I think that'd be fun to watch. For me, other people might not think so. Um, I still got the Dodgers taking the elbow. I don't know. They seem they have too much talent over there. But don't I get me wrong, that, the Dodgers have a lot of talent. Yeah. So I don't know. I don't know. Padres, I thought had could compete talent wise with the Dodgers. They kind of imploded. Uh, don't know what to say there, but I'm still looking at the Dodgers as my team to to beat in the World Series. Me saying this, they're probably gonna lose the wild card game, but going Dodgers is my pick. Dodgers over. Let me think. Houston or Rays? Dodgers would probably love to beat Houston again. Let's go with that. Okay. Okay. I mean, I'd be interested in watching that series absolutely, but um, I th- I think Tampa gets in from the AL. Like you said, Tampa's just sneaky good. They're sneaky good. They, they, the, the, their bullpen alone, like you said, they, they, they find guys who I don't know where the hell they find these guys. They're just fans from the stands. They just say, "Hey, you want to pitch today?" Like, you know, <laughs> oh, yeah, got ninety-seven with insane movement. Sure. Yeah, yeah. No, I saw you saw you pitching out in parking lot, like coming, you know, yeah. in uniform. Yeah, hey, you ring up ninety-nine in the radar gun in the in the game in the in the lobby. You know, so they're uh, um, they're they're just too good of a team. Um, so I, I would definitely go Tampa versus Atlanta. Um, you know, I don't know if Atlanta beats Tampa. I'll, I'll tell you that. Gotcha. I was at the game this year. Uh, the only series that Atlanta played Tampa, and Tampa just lo- looked stupid good. So. Uh, you know, I think Tampa may, may be your World Series champions, unfortunately. And then we got to hear more of this Champa Bay talk. Oh, my gosh. All right, Charlie. It's time for you to tell us to trust the process. Uh, before we go, why don't you tell the people about Ethos Performance Rehab, Nick? We could. We could do that. We could, we could remind the people that if they need any uh, physical training in Buffalo, if they're looking to get over an injury, if they're looking to – take their performance to the next level, improve their 5K, or just be a little bit less sore, or they have this thing that just keeps hurting for some reason, they don't sure why, Ethos Performance Rehab knows how to make it better. Find them online at Ethos Performance Rehab. Charlie, where can they find you? You can find me on Twitter at Chowit68. 
They can find you, Nick, on Twitter at Nick Veronica. Uh, and you can find the Process Podcast on Twitter at the underscore Process Pod. You also find us on Spotify, Apple. Are we on Google, Nick? I don't know if we're on the Google Podcast page, but hell, check there. If not, get your <laughs> Spotify page. Um, I think we are, but I don't, I don't know. And yeah, you know, we'll, we'll say sure. We'll say sure. Um, and thank you all for sticking with us as always. Remember to like, follow, subscribe wherever you listen to your podcast. Uh, follow us on Twitter again at the underscore process pod. And most importantly, Nick, remember to always trust the process.